Hey everybody, this is David Whalen, and you're listening to the Blue Coyote Podcast. This is Paul Dorsky, and you are listening to the Blue Coyote. <laughs> All right, Welcome so to the Blue Coyote. tonight, guys, this is a bit of a different um, sort of genre that uh, that we're diving into here. That's really one of the cool things that I've come to find about um, doing this podcast is, you know, today as I was reading. Uh, the Sock Hop Killer, and I was lucky enough to get my hands on some uh, a PDF of the first two editions of The Offspring. Now, these are comics by David Whalen, um, is who we have here with us, of Correct Handed Comics, and um, he creates these things. Uh, him and Paul teamed up. You guys know Paul Dulski of Haunted Vermont. They teamed up on this comic book, and... Um, it was a really cool experience for me just getting this, uh, thinking about the creativity that went into something like this and starting to get a taste of this whole universe. Um, so to start it off, uh, David, why don't you just let us know who you are and how you would define what it is you do? Sure, Colby. Again, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. I am uh, a comic book creator. I uh, um, have been an artist like so many more in my situation, have uh, been an artist and love comic books since day one, since I my mom used to joke that I popped out of the womb with a pencil in my hand, um, already drawing stuff. And uh, uh, and I uh, got my teaching degree um, about, oh, geez, uh, 15, 16 years ago. So I've been working as a, a K-5 elementary art teacher for the last 15 years and having a great time, but always knew the comics was uh, um, something I wanted to do also. And I'd say about six or seven years, finally felt like I was ready to, to be able to communicate those stories in a um, in the best way possible and um, did a couple things with some very small press stuff and then decided, hey, I think I'm ready to uh, start that, that big book that I know that I've always wanted to do. And that was The Offspring. I've had those characters and that story for um, probably about, they're a little bit less than 30 years. Um, and as I've grown and changed, the story has grown and changed, uh, but it's essentially been the same three characters and the same overall story arc throughout. Um, just me over the last years honing and really trying to make it the best that I possibly can before I started getting it down on paper. About five years ago, I published uh, number one through Correct Handed Comics. Uh, and I am uh, working on right now just published issue 17, and I'm currently working on issue 18, uh, and I plan to get to 50 issues. Um, and then I plan on it and I will, you'd have to cut up my arms for me not to be able to get there. And in between that, um, I love doing one shots or, um, I have a four issue mini series. I have a 100 plus page graphic novel uh, that I have out and I'm in the middle of working on my second one. That'll be out probably around 2023. Uh, and just love creating stories, love, um, um, collaborating with creators like Paul and, uh, getting out good, fun stories that I think that I would want to read. And I think other people would want to read also to see somebody have such a, to have a passion like this it's you know it's unique and then you go you go forth and you put in all that that hard work to turn it into something that you do on top of this this other life of teaching and the education um so i guess what i would you know what I, what it makes me wonder about um hearing that and then reflecting on what i read in something like the offspring this work that you you know that you've really put yourself into I mean, you know, it's some heavy stuff, man. So 
would you would you say to people that it's um not only is it something that you love to do but is it also something that helps you cope or, or get through the day-to-day be having these different worlds that you kind of escape in Oh yeah, definitely. I think that something for like the offspring, when I first started developing the offspring, big into superheroes, all that stuff, still am. Um, like I said, I was probably 16 or 17 when I came up with these, with these characters, the characters themselves have not changed much, um, over the last, um, few decades. Uh, but the, the, the overall idea was I wanted characters that were people that I knew that were not archetypes that were, um, had those day-to-day problems, those day-to-day struggles. And some of the struggles were struggles or issues were problems that they were never going to fully recover from. Um, all three characters were um, uh, were abused physically, mentally uh, in their childhood. And when they were taken out of their, their homes, uh, away from their parents who were physically, mentally abusing them, uh, they all met in a alternative school. Um, and for, started to realize that they not only had a connection with just their past, just to, you know why they were taken out of their their homes and into this alternative school, but also had a a real uh, mental connection that was something they didn't really truly understand. And through the through the series of of them growing up, we meet them again about their their in their early twenties. Um, they are in not great places. Two of the three are in not great places. Um, one of them is getting out of prison. And the other one is is in the process of committing suicide. Um, it's not going well for them. Uh, and the other one, Will, is one of those characters who I wanted to show it a little bit different way. I wanted to show him to where it looked like he had it all together. Together, everybody thought thinks he has all the answers, but as the story progresses, you start to see the cracks. You start to see the things that are weighing him down that he's not able to kind of hide anymore, especially with these uh, two characters, Sarah and, and Vince, that are starting to become really close, starting to become family. Uh, when they knew each other as kids in the uh, in the alternative school, they they understood that they had a connection, but I wouldn't have called them friends. And I uh, I addressed that uh, at the beginning of one of the, the one of the issues, um, and it's it's really for me trying to find um, those real life struggles that the people deal with every single day. Um, but also making sure I throw a lot of monsters and demons and fun stuff at them also. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm at, um, and what, what I've read so far, you know, I'm planning on ordering, um, the rest of the series, but oh, Paul you. hooked me up. Yeah, definitely. Paul hooked me up with, uh, the PDF of the one and two, like I said, but I'm, yeah. I thought it might be fun. I read the first one. And I kind of wanted to do this um, at, at the cliffhanger where I am in the story uh, while all those thoughts are going. Mm-hmm. So I've met a lot of those characters that you just mentioned. But um, like I said, it's a cliffhanger and I won't say too much. <laughs> I think somebody's – some two, a couple people are missing at where, for where I am right now. Um, and that's – oh, no, I actually found out a bit about that. But anyway, I'm going to get back on track here. Um but what it like you like we were talking about I I read I read the first page and it was boom a trauma right there and I was kind of taken back by that but I think that is that's an important it's it's your art so it is what it is but mm-hmm. I think that that's important because for a lot of people that is that's real that's reality going forward in life and. And it can really feel, I mean, of course, there's there's always a bit of light in the dark and dark in the light. And that's not all we ever think about. But 
for a lot of people, trauma kind of is that, that first thing right there. Yeah. And then, but it builds, you know, and you get, and we, our stories carry on. But, um, I thought that was a really powerful take. And, um, I, I want to mention, you know, just to everybody that, like I said, I'm new to comics and I have, um, I messaged David today and I was just curious. And I said, what are some, what did you read growing up? And, um, and he mentioned stuff that I'm familiar with DC, uh, comic books, Superman, things of that nature. And that's what it was for me too. But then coming back into this world and, and reading something like that, I can understand why these stories and this, this world of, um, of the comic of this sort of this art form is so powerful to people because Mm -hmm. what you do know about it is the people who love it, they really love it. And so anyway, um, Paul, you, I, what I also read was the Saw Cop Killer. So first, and I also, um, before I, you know, I bring Paul in and we, uh, we talk more, I have to come clean with everybody. Um, I tried to jump into this as if it was, I, I told the guys we're going to just do a fresh start, but transparency on here. We, we did, I had David on and Paul a week or two ago and, um, we had a great time. I didn't hit record. There it is. <laughs> we're just going to put it out there for everybody. And go on. But um, anyway, Paul, what was so? How did you guys meet? First of all, I think David should start that one because technically right. he the one that uh, started it all. Cool. So yeah, let's I, run through that yeah. and then talk. Uh, yeah. So um, I, I had a big fan of horror stuff, um, uh, ghosts and monsters and, and things like that. And and I think that I that I came across Paul first through his podcast. Um, and saw so that he also did reviews of books. And I, and I would say that The Offspring has a lot of horror elements to it. And I always love hearing feedback. I always love um, hearing uh, from different people from different angles of stories. So I uh, sent him a couple, uh, couple issues of The Offspring. And he um, gave me a great review on them and really liked it. And we just kind of kept in touch um, here and there. Um, and I was um, working on my third uh, one-shot which was, well, aliens do my homework. And I knew I had, uh, I was trying to get ready for the next one. I had two or three things in mind that I wanted to do, um, but they weren't, they were, it wasn't clicking as well as I wanted to with some of the other ideas that I had while well, I was uh, running um, through the woods uh, by my house here. And you know, I stopped for a second and, you know, sometimes when you would, you get that feeling that you're, you're not alone. And I started hearing the, uh, um, thinking about Jason and Freddie and, and, uh, uh, Michael Myers and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, that's, that's what I need to do. I need to do, uh, like a, a, a slasher 24 page one shot. And how can I, what, what can I do that's different? I don't just want to do the same thing over and over again while well, I was listening to my headphones and I was, it happened to be, uh, Bill Haley and the Comets. Um, I can't remember the name, the name of the song, one, two, three o'clock, four o'clock rock, whatever that one is. Um, and, uh, and I said, well, that'd be really cool to do something like fifties themed. So I started thinking about, you know, some of the iconic, uh, um, visuals of the fifties and it's poodle skirts and it's, you know, a sock hop and it's the greasers and it's, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I, and I thought, well, I don't want to do a, a greaser type villain cause it's, it's a, another guy running around. I, I, we've seen that a million times. I said, why not a killer? who's dressed as a, in a fifties poodle skirt, who is, who is like a, like a pink lady kind of situation. Give her a really cool mask, give her a really cool weapon and let's have her go walk around and kill some people. So that was basically as far as I'd gotten in the story while I was doing um, a live uh, drawing on Facebook. 
And Paul popped on and I said, and I immediately thought of the sock hop killer. So I, I asked him, I said, Hey, can I give you a call later uh, to be able to talk to you about the story? I've got the basic idea, but I have no story other than that. And I figured this would be a great you know, way to be able to, to bend somebody's ear. Who's a, who's a big fan of horror, does a lot of stuff with horror, has written horror stuff, has, has just seen it all in horror. So I uh, called him up and, and within, gosh, Paul, I'd say what, like within 20 minutes, Paul had 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 blurted out the whole story. <laughs> well, we, it was just like this is what we should do, and because I had, like I said, I had the basic idea. I said, I know I want a cool mask. I know I want the '50s character in there, blah blah. And we started, and then he sent me the next day just pages and pages of of, of awesome background stuff. Some we used, some we didn't, and we'll we can talk more about that later. Um, but just just so much. Uh, that it was it was trying to leaf through some of the details and trying to leaf through the leaf through some of the great bits and say how is this all going to work together a story as a story and, and Paul did an amazing job of taking my my you know little idea and putting it into something that was so much uh, more there's I like to always say there's there's a lot of there's a lot of more there in a lot of my 24 page one shots because I want people to know that there's more story to these characters. The sock hop killer is, is no different. There's so much more with that character and the idea um, that I think Paul would probably want to talk about um, the uh, second, um, I guess the sequel that he's in the process of writing. Oh, am I now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and to touch on what David was saying about how I sent him this massive amount of documents, which is true, I just <laughs> I just want to shine in to the point of saying, like, I just hate when you read something and there's absolutely no background to this mm -hmm. character, to that character. You cannot relate to them in some way where um, you can basically watch, but to say the film for the example... And you just don't care about the character so much that you're just, you, you don't care if they die or not, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, um, so I was trying to figure out a way to, uh, with David's idea, how we could maybe make it so that it's really much more deeper in depth than what it should be or what it could be or something like that to that effect that, yeah, like, um, We'll just put it this way a sock hop killer would not a comic book it would definitely be a book let's <laughs> we'll just put yeah. it that way yeah and it was really fun for me as the artist to be able to take some of those things that maybe we didn't like put into the front but in the backgrounds you can see some of those little details um that that paul had put in there it really just gave me a chance visually to be able to find all those little details for the background to be able to put into it, and it was amazing Oh, yeah. yeah that... It was a lot of fun, and I even started to catch on to some of the uh, little Easter egg that David is talking about into the background that it actually made me want to go back to see what else I possibly have <laughs> missed that David hid. So it was actually kind of fun to uh, try to even do that. But um, in all fairness, uh, while me and David were even talking about the whole uh, concept of the story and everything, um, some of the experience that you see uh, at the very beginning there, I don't want to say too much, but that was actually based off a real-life story that happened to my family a little bit. Um, nobody died, thank goodness, but, I mean, it came pretty close, and with the say that when your father goes to war and he doesn't come back the same person because of PTSD and all this other stuff, that it really does take your family into a whole new different level and 
like my mom was sharing me some of the stories, which uh, you can kind of get the idea from the beginning that I just felt like I think what would make it much more personal for me for this uh, being like my first ever comic book is to actually throw in something that is based off a real thing. And that's what I wanted to do, which helped, I think, really give the uh, background like a more, um, as you may say, like a more of like a boost. Yeah, definitely. Um, I can relate to that as as well, Paul, with the uh, uh, my old man was in um, combat, too. So I I get that. And that's something that um, that jumped out. Just that that authenticity jumps out at you. And um, and I had the same um, experience reading with the illustrations where I had to go back um, and pick some things out to get the the full picture of what was happening. Mm. So. Um, so, Paul, did were you have you always been a comic uh, comic book guy as well? As far as like reading. Yeah. Have you always been into them? Um, yeah, I mean, back when I was in Boy Scouts, when I had, uh, what the hell do they call it? The Camp Sunrise Camp that people uh, in Boy Scouts went to, like, every summer or whatever for, like, a week or so. Um, they actually had a shop there uh, on the little campus area, and I used to always go and grab, like, Batman detective comics and stuff like that, just so I could have something to read right before I went to bed, and... Um, so, yeah, I guess you could say I've always been a fan since, like, 1998, 97, somewhere around that neighborhood. Right on. All right. So, um, David, I think you touched a bit on the things that you're that you're working on today mm-hmm. or that you're that you're working on these days. Um, now, I, I'm curious about. You know, we've we've spoken about staying grounded and and staying uh, focus and what what it takes to to do to kind of to have the schedule or the the responsibilities that you do and to stay um, stay in this creative flow. So what does that what does that look like for you in in the day to day? Are you where? How do your comic books play into your to your daily life? What is your process? So as an educator. Uh, especially an elementary educator where I see uh, 400 kids in the span of three days in a schedule. Um, it it's, can be really difficult if you're not 100% organized, if you don't know what's happening, um, not just day to day, but what am I doing next week? How is this going to build into next week? So I would say that being a teacher really helped me to to find that organization that works for me to be able to say, okay, if I sit down, if I have time to sit down and my wife and kids are, are very generous um, they usually, when they know, oh, dad's got that look in his eye, he's got to go into the room for an hour. He'll, he'll come out in an hour and be ready to be dad again. Um, but they, but they're pretty lenient with me. I do a lot of late night drawing, um, at home. So it's, it's a, a lot of weekends and a lot of late night drawing for me. Uh, but the, one of the things that I really try to make sure that I do is before I stop, I get the next thing ready. So if I'm inking a page, um, I know, okay, I've got, I'm almost done with this inking. I need to stop right now. Let me make sure that I have the next page 
at least partially penciled so that I know that I can keep moving forward uh, to be able to or have a plan for the next for the next day, whether it's uh, thumbnailing or whether it's plotting or whether it's uh, penciling or inking. I always try to make sure I have something done of the next thing so that so that I can just keep moving forward. Um, I, I started um, issue 18 of The Offspring. I am um, three or four pages done with inking it, uh, and, but I didn't have the back half of the story thumbnailed yet. So I, I sat down, I said, how do I get from point A to point B? And I was doing it while I was watching football with my son uh, yesterday. So it's, it's finding those little times to be able to say, like right now I have everything in front of me. I've been penciling out while we're sitting here talking. Um, I try to find those, those times to be able to um, to be able to get as much done as I can in the, in the little amount of time that I have. But when I sat down and watched football, it's not just sitting and watching football, it's having my book in front of me too. So I can say, okay, now I need 10 pages of the Osprey. I need to figure out what, where I'm, where I'm going and how do I get there? And, uh, within, it was probably the, the first quarter of the bills game that we were watching. I, I was like, here's my 10 pages. I'm ready to go. Now I know what's going to happen when I sit down the next time, it's going to be starting to pencil these out. Um, so it really is that, that organization and, and we're trying to use my time uh, as wisely as I can. Sometimes, I, I mean, I'm human being. Sometimes you have to sit and do nothing for the half hour, an hour. Um, but for the most part, I try to use, use as much of the time in the day that I have as I can. That's good advice just in general. I think I ha I can struggle with those things as well. You have to staying a step ahead and being ready. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. It makes me, um, you know, going through life and learning, experiencing kind of what you're talking about there. And also, I think back to those characters in the offspring that you've created. And you told us here tonight that they're, you know, it's based off people you, you do know or that we all could know in that universal sense. So um, is this a way, you know, so you, you have a, a connection to that is, is this, I mean, could you just tell us a bit about what this outlet means to you dealing with those, I mean, ghosts of the past even. Yeah. 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 They're like, yeah, like you said, there, there's some, there's some pretty heavy things going on in the offspring. And that was one thing that I, that I really wanted to, to talk about um, being a teacher and seeing those things and seeing some of those things happen, um, not necessarily in my life, but um, in friends that I that I had around me. Um, I wanted to show life in a little bit more real way than a character like Archie or Clark Kent. Or, you know, I guess you get some of the, some of that going in Batman a little bit, but um, to, to have it be a little bit more real and a little bit more um, dark and give these characters a, a place to start at that is that is um, almost something too much to bear, too much to overcome. Um, so that when they started making those connections, they were so disconnected from even themselves, not knowing who they were because of the trauma that they had um, that they had to endure as, as children. Um, so trying to find this this group, it's almost like a found family uh, to where these kids who who really, like I said, I touch on it a little bit uh, where as they were kids growing up in the in the um, alternative school, you can't really even say that they liked each other. But they knew that they were connected somehow. They knew that they were connected and more than just their um, their horrible past. They were connected by something bigger. Um, and for me, it's trying to find that 
that kind of like middle ground of real human trauma, real human tragedy, but then um, putting it in a way that is demons on the outside. Like they're fighting their demons on the inside, but now let's now it's actual demons and monsters being thrown at them in the real world. So it's it's really creating that analogy of fighting within themselves and fighting on the outside. Um, but the overall story arc, I think, is what really brings it all together because it's their own um, trauma that they have to fight against to be able to get to the next step in the story. And as you as you read on, like I said, I'm on issue 17, so I'm pretty far into the story right now. Um, where these characters are just starting to realize where their place is and what they need to do while still, you know, it's kind of like that two steps forward, three steps back kind of situation. Because while they're starting to trust each other, they're starting to feel like they are this makeshift family, um, there's still that trepidation because they've never been able to trust anybody in their entire lives. So to have that level of of mistrust in in human beings that you have really known for your whole life can be can be difficult to overcome and we see that every day and you know every day in our lives and schools and in you know every aspect of our life so even having um family members that you don't quite trust for whatever reason i um, mean that's something that i really wanted to 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 continue to explore to continue to show um so that maybe people who are in that situation could know that they are not the only ones in that situation um that everybody has some sort of background has some sort of trauma has some sort of issue that they have to deal with and it might not you might not completely overcome it but you can work to accept it and yourself in um in your life that you make for yourself i mean i think everybody that's that's the beauty of um these things when they're when they're well done when they're when you have that that avenue to be able to create this in an effective way so you know just coming into this myself you know i can really appreciate what you're doing here so what has that been like yeah of course man and um so with that, with all that being said, how, what has that been like for you in, in this long series? You know, you're at uh, 17 or um, and working ahead, going up to 50. What is your uh, fan base? What, what's that uh, connection been like? If you just want to tell us a bit about um, have you had followers throughout this uh, whole thing who are waiting for the next one to come out? Um, yeah, I, I, you know, uh, throughout this, it's been about five years of putting out many, many different kinds of books, including The Offspring. Um, I do get people who, who say, hey, I really enjoyed that. What, what do you got next? Or when's the next one coming out? It's, um, I would say, to, I mean, in full disclosure, it's not as many people as I'd like it to be <laughs> as an indie creator, but it, it can be difficult to be able to make that following. There are, I try to always remind myself, there are thousands of me trying to do the same thing I'm doing and trying to stand out just like I'm trying to stand out. So I'm, uh, so as I'm continuing the process of, of getting out these stories and, and uh, um, trying to connect with uh, the readers on these stories, um, for every you know one connection you make with a person, which is uh, amazing, there's a thousand other people out there that haven't been able to see it yet. So really just trying, it's me trying to just, again, work, work my butt off to be able to make sure I'm posting as many times as I can, giving, showing examples of my work, getting to cons as much as I can, like just shouting it to the rooftops. And it can be a little daunting from time to time. You know, the, the, you're thinking oh, that you feel like you're, 
um, bragging or, you know what I mean? Or, or, or putting, um, saying too much about how much you love your thing that you're creating. But if you don't do it, nobody will. If I don't do it, nobody else is going to do it for me. So I really try in the span of, and, uh, to, to, um, keep as many of the people that have commented on my book. I'll, I'll give if somebody gives me a comment on something out of the head of that I'll say, Hey, here's a, here's a freebie. I'll give them a one shot for free just to kind of hook say see if they'll continue to, um, to enjoy what I'm doing. Um, but also trying to find those, those more people to come in and to really connect with what, uh, what I'm doing. I, I think I've made some pretty good connections with people and I hesitate to use the word fans, but people who have enjoyed what I'm doing. And I hope to just create more connections like that over the next billions of years. Absolutely, man. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm not just blowing smoke. I say what I mean on here. And, um, I asked that question, you know, kind of assuming that there was a bit of like a, maybe, you know, maybe on the smaller side, but like a cult fan base that is waiting for, you know, the offspring to come out because it's a really, and I just want to remind every, it's a cool thing to have this to have this comic like it was ten dollars with shipping and i'll always have this copy of the sock hop killer and i can read it it's not just this uh this other realm of the internet you know obviously awesome things come out of the internet too but it's it's different it's just a different experience especially these days you know like you were saying to get people to sit down and read something you know to get somebody to listen to you talk for an hour is tough and they're always on their phone so <laughs> you know, it's it's just it's a cool thing. So everybody keep that in mind. You can find it at Correct Handed Comics. Um, now, uh, and I was gonna, you know, me and Paul, I've been talking about that too. Just the uh, the the grind, sticking with this stuff. So, um, Paul, you've been working. David mentioned you've been working on a part two of the Sock Hop Killer. What has that process been looking like for you creatively? Um, quite a bit of a hard one because, <laughs> you know, like David was saying earlier, like there's so much we could do with, um, with this type of series, especially with this character that I kind of wanted to look at some stuff that, you know, like you kind of get with films, you get in an origin story. I think what would be kind of cool in this universe is sort of get an origin story. And um, so that's what I've been trying to look at. But I've been looking at specific things, which I am not going to mention, because otherwise it would definitely give out a big hint to what I'm really doing. And I'm going to keep that closed right now. Even David Mm -hmm. doesn't even know what I'm doing. Uh, He sort of does, but... Um, I think that's about it, really, that he'd really know. But other than that, I've been um, really just kind of understanding the comic world better, I guess. I'm trying to understand, like, well, how do people know when to use this type of thing or this type of uh, page? Or um, when do they use, like, two full-blown pages versus having, like... um, uh four panels on this page and then three on the next one so it's been like one of those process processes of understanding the comic uh format of making it uh work with what i'm trying to do while not um 
cramming so much information again that David goes, uh, what are we going to do with all this? <laughs> yeah, there you go, man. It definitely takes that, uh, that focus and that energy, you know, and, um, just kind of staying in that headspace where you're absorbing from different, from different things around you. Um, so guys, so, um, so correct-handed comics, I mean, it's just something I, I want to understand. Do you, that is a distribution company and you give your work to them and they put it out? Correct Hand Comics is me. That's you. Okay. That's yeah. what I thought, man. I just want, that was an aspect of it. I wasn't sure on. That's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, just we talked. a okay. publisher yeah. company, a cool name that I came up with, Correct Handed Comics. I'm left-handed, so it's right. It's not right-handed and left-handed. It's right-handed and correct-handed. Um, gotcha. And uh, really, I put out most of my stuff. Most of the traffic I get is through Amazon and Comixology. Um, so it's it's a chance for me to be able to put out the books, but not really have to worry about day-to-day shipping to people. Um, it, that part's really taken care of. I do have physical books that I can ship to people, um, but for the most part, um, I get so much, so much, most, most of my traffic through Amazon and Comixology um, that it kind of cuts out a, 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 a really difficult part of the job for me uh, to be able to have to be packaging up these books. The only problem with that is, especially with Amazon, I don't have any control of what it looks like when it gets shipped to them. So that's something that I'm looking into, trying to to get a little bit more control over the distribution to be able to have me be the one so it can come in a really cool pack, which is a lot of cool stuff in it. And just to throw it out there, I'm a left-hander as well. So, yeah, I mean, we might be weird and all, but one day we will <laughs> rule the world. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, just a little bit about the off, you know, not to – I'm sure a lot of this is, will be new to my audience and uh so i'm not trying to give out any spoiler alerts but maybe some of your fans followed you over here and man reading getting into the offspring not to give anything away but i got a bit of like a a montauk project vibe from um if you're if you're familiar with what that is at all from the uh from what was going on there towards the end of the first um the first edition i don't know if i'm familiar with that one it's supposed to be the secret Russian experiment. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The okay, yes, I remember that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they're taking the boys or the the kids and mm-hmm. doing all that stuff and creating sleeper agents. I don't know. I don't know where the story's going, but just uh, it reminded me of that. Um, I could see that now. Um, um, and I'm not going to tell you what happens. <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> <laughs> Just like, uh, just like in the first issue of the Offspring, I'm pretty sure it's the first issue uh, that uh, David mentioned a crybaby bridge. Mm-hmm. Every That's state right. had one. Yeah. Every state has one. Yeah. David. Oh man, Paul and I have been getting into uh, a couple. We just recently did a couple um, deep dive paranormal podcasts. And what is your has your take on the paranormal evolved at all since we've spoke last? Or uh, just kind of give us an idea of. Because this is, you know, a horror, we, we have a lot of uh, paranormal followers here. What is your your take yeah. on all of that? Uh, anything paranormal, I'm I'm down for. I love documentaries. I love um, watching ghost hunting. I love the idea of it. Um, UFOs, um, cryptozoology, all, all of it. I I love it. Um, I think I'll, I'll give you my little take on on ghosts. I think, and I think we talked about this last time. I think 
so, something is happening. Too much has been shown. Too much has been has been experienced by people to not think that something to just say, oh, it's fake and just be done with it. You know, too much has happened. Too much has been caught, whether you, whether you believe it or not believe it or whatever the issue is. I think that something is happening. I don't think it's exactly what we think it is. Whatever is in our brains, you know what I mean? Collectively as a, as a community, as a, as a people in the world, as society, I don't think it's exactly what we think it is. But I wish that there was a little bit more research done um, just on the, a day-to-day basis to be able to kind of try to hone in and figure out what is really happening. Maybe there's some people that don't want it figured out. You know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's one of those cool mysteries of the universe, of the world. I mean, there might be people who are like, no, we don't want to solve that because it's a cool thing that's happening. Why, why ruin it by figuring out what it is? Um, but I think that in the 21st century, we, we've gotten to a point where we're smart enough. We could probably figure out what's really going on, whether it's residual energy, whether it is, um, you know, consciousness being trapped inside of whatever, you know, whatever it is. Something is going on. Um, and I think that maybe within our lifetimes, we'll, we'll figure it out. And I think that it's one of those things like we didn't used to understand that the sun, you know, that we uh, that, that we rotated, that the sun wasn't coming up, but we were rotating for the sun to be able to look like it's coming up and going down, that sort of thing. So there, there's a there's a there's a solution to this mystery. There's a there's an answer to this mystery. And I wish that in the 21st century we had a little bit more um, desire in the scientific community to be able to crack the code. Is that, am I ruining it? Does that make sense? No, that makes sense. And I'm going to actually touch on to something you just said there, David, because mm-hmm. I think Kobe and he, me uh, were actually talking about it, I believe, sort of on um, the recent interview that we kind of did uh, with each other for the Haunted Vermont podcast, which is, Kobe, if you remember, we were talking about Sasquatch and Bigfoot, how people don't want that to be solved mm-hmm. because once we know that Bigfoot exists, that means we don't have to protect it anymore. Because mm-hmm. once everybody knows it's out there, well, game over. The the mystery is um, solved. You know, there's nothing cool about it, as David put it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, like, think about it this way, that wasn't it like the uh, mountain gorilla? We've only known that that was a true thing for, what, like, less than 100 years? Something like that? Like, it was just a elusive monster type thing and then oh look what we found a whole bunch of gorillas right well, and I think almost the, like the the panda the panda yeah, bear the panda. yeah 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 so there's been a bunch of of and i'm sure in the ocean there's a bazillion creatures that we have never even yeah, thought about we've never seen <laughs> yeah so i yeah. mean they're all over the place and and, and you're right I, I think on some level figuring it out does ruin the fantasy but there will always be more fantasies to think about and you know the whatever it is i i think that our 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 universe is too big um to think that to be egotistical enough to think that our planet is the only planet that's circling around a medium-sized star that's just in that goldilocks zone to be able to support life i mean that's the ego of us to think that that we're the only planet in billions and billions of stars with one chunk of dirt going around a Goldilocks zone in a pretty normal size star 
that our planet's the only one with that supports life on it. I mean, I don't, I don't, I truly don't think that that aliens have like landed or anything like that. I could be wrong. In fact, uh, you know, that'd be really cool if I was wrong. But uh, um, but I think that to say that our planet's the only one that that has life on it, I think is just egotistical. That's that's ridiculous to think that the universe is infinite. So there's got to be other planets out there with any any sort of life. It doesn't have to be as evolved, and I say that with a little tongue-in-cheek, as we human beings are evolved. Um, it could be one-celled organisms, you know, or they could be flying around in spaceships. I don't know. That That's true. Yeah. Um, as you know what, speaking of which, uh, uh, I wouldn't say this is like an official statement that I will say, but, but <laughs> just to throw it out there um, – just for it to be on record, but David and I have talked not only about the sequel for Sockhop, but we were um, maybe trying to think of an idea of like, uh, I think the way we kind of left it, David, you can correct me here, but we were talking about possibly having like a little short horror novel or comic where it featured like three tales. I have no idea if we were trying to say we try to make it like an anthology with a host or something, but I know we were discussing about maybe like three spooky tales or something. Yeah, we had discussed, um, and I think we were trying to, if I remember, we were um, just trying to find ways, three different tales, but have them connected some way. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think we wrote it down. I'm sure it's written down somewhere. Um, but I think, yeah, we, we had a, we had some ideas for an anthology thing. And as you said it out loud, some of the ideas popped back into my brain. Um, oh boy. But uh, yeah, something else to be able to um, to be able to just kind of continue um, the great collaboration that Paul and I had started. Yeah. So real quick, David, jot it down right now before you forget. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> it's right. it's in the vault. It's locked nice. in there. Nice. <laughs> um, other than that, that's really like about the only other thing that um, that David and I were talking about. For me, on my own personal level, just real quick, is I've actually tried to start my own little comic thing just by myself. Um, the title of it that I've came across is called "When Goodbye Means Forever," and um, I'm just gonna say I've tried to make it where it's less dialogue about you focus more of the drawn that really tell the story because I feel like you don't get that many comics nowadays where uh, there's really no dialogue. The drawn should tell the story rather than have like some little bubble or uh, uh, narrative box, however you want to call that thing. (laughs) Narration box. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, so I guess I've been trying to focus on a little project like that, which maybe David would be the honor to uh, draw it up if he likes it. Yeah, we can totally talk about it. Other than that, that I'm all good. <laughs> Take it away, Kobe. <laughs> no, um, it just makes me uh, mention, um, first, you know, right on, guys, of course. Um, you know, everybody, it seems to be on the up and up here with their uh, with their passions, and that's what we're all about. Um, uh, just to share a pipe dream of mine, something that I've always uh, loved, which is sort of kind of related to the to the world of to the realm of comics, to that craft, um, is just animation. 
and at some point, I don't even know where I'd start with it, but I wanted to uh, create a Blue Coyote um, cartoon, like um, where the Blue Coyote would probably be the main character, like the main character, and sort of base it off of my life, and you know, kind of like some witty uh, comedy sh- sh- stuff in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of throwing that out there for everybody. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Um, maybe at some point, David, I could. Sh- uh, give you some ideas for a, a drawing perhaps um for what i'd be looking for there um yeah again yeah. We, we totally talk about it we can talk about yeah we're just kind of all pitching our uh, our dms on the podcast now <laughs> but um anyway guys that uh yeah um that feels pretty good to me um let everybody Step get on thing. we haven't heard david talk about the next haunted bed and breakfast so, David, when's the next haunted bed and breakfast for your family? Uh, well, I think we had talked about how I'm always trying to get my wife to go to haunted bed and breakfast, but she never will. She always said, "No, so let's go to the let's go to the Hilton, and let's go to." But actually, this is funny. We can do, let's talk about this. So, um, my daughter ran into our living room the other day. And she's like, she's like, oh my gosh, guys, the house is haunted. She was in there doing the dishes or whatever she was doing. She said somebody had grabbed the back, something had grabbed the back of her shirt and pulled her back. And she looked around and there was nobody there. And my my thing, well, you know, try not to scare my 13-year-old daughter. I'm like, no, you probably got your shirt caught on one of the handles. She goes, no, Dad, I was standing at the sink. There are no handles at the back of the sink or behind me in the sink when I'm standing at the sink. Um, but she she was talking about it for like three or four hours after that how the house is haunted and i i told my wife my wife scoffs at it but there there are times when i'm upstairs but definitely upstairs in the bathroom to where you see little black shadow figures kind of oh peeking boy. over your shoulder you know what i mean yeah um and i and i have seen that a, a few times i'd say and that we'll see we've been here for for 13 years about 13 years have so that's actually real interesting, David. A couple of things I wanna I wanna ask you. So yeah. when this happened, was this during uh after uh before or after Samhain or Halloween? This was um this was I think it was two nights ago, so it was a couple of days after Halloween. Okay. Um well uh as Kobe and I were talking for his uh Halloween special that it is around the time where the veil is thin and the spirits of the underworld can come and walk around. So you know, uh that could be a possibility that um whoever may have, if somebody did try to tug on your daughter's um shirt, uh have you actually ever thought about uh, running the history on your house and you said that you've lived at this place for 13 years. Have you guys actually looked at the history of the house? Guess what? I don't need to because I know the history of my house. We are the fourth generation of my wife's family to live in this house. Huh. Well, see, so now maybe grandparents have members. died in this in this house. Um, there you we, go. Her, 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 own, or the, her family was the original owners. We know the age of the house. We have uh, family stuff for a hundred years back sitting in our basement. See, and there you go. So probably just a family member of yours, just you know, giving in, giving out a sign to tell you that they are still lingering around your household. 
Watch you know, it. that's what I think too. Like I said, I think there's this, something is going on, and I and I'm totally open to to any whatever is going on. But um, I always make sure when I see the little little guy on the in the corner there, kind of peek his head into my view, and I kind of look over, and you know, nothing's there. You're not you're not gonna see it. They're they're good at not being seen. But I just always stop and go. Yeah, I, I saw you. Just don't scare the kids. <laughs> just stay away from the kids. I saw yeah. you. Yeah, man, those... you're you're fine just be cool and everything's fine <laughs> <laughs> what were you don't grab my go grabbing my daughter while she's doing the dishes right, i was just gonna say those um those black shadowy figures that's a, a telltale for me because they are a lot of, there are some places but they're not everywhere that's um certain locations certain energies um and that's yeah and and kind of uh the it's poetic that in between the right in between your your line of sight and what you can't see peeking in like you said yeah and uh this was funny too about let's see we had just moved here i'd say this was probably within the year of us moving here my son was at the top of the stairs um playing probably legos or something like that or he had these letter blocks that he would play wheel of fortune with and uh he was sitting at the top of the stairs and my wife and i were just standing at the top of the stairs or the best was standing at the bottom of the stairs my daughter was in bed and she was six months at the time so she wasn't going anywhere but we're all kind of there just talking and whatever and we hear in the hallway where my son was right there at the edge of the hallway we hear foot like just footsteps to where it kind of like sped up and then slowed down as it walked across and my son my wife and i kind of look at each other and look up the stairs connor standing right there the daughter's in her in her crib we're all standing at the bottom of the stairs and i kind of look up at connor and connor goes Connor goes sounds like footsteps and i looked at my wife and i said sounded like footsteps to me and she goes oh, it wasn't footsteps it was nothing don't blah blah blah. don't worry about it but it was um it was uh it was footsteps and I, I would say like i said in the span of the 15 years we've been here something like that i've maybe four things like that have happened so it's it's definitely not like we got to call an exorcism or anything like that but uh <laughs> but um but yeah it's it's fun to be able to have those experiences as long as it's as long as it's not threatening to the kids. Yeah, no, it abs- it is. I grew up um, in similar circumstances. Anybody listens, you know, we've got three or so episodes dedicated to all of that now. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's um, but you know, on on your uh, your daughter's experience there with the polling, that's a mm-hmm. that's a that can be a shaking experience, man. I've had um something like that happen as well. So how has that been? Have things have you felt like things have been stirred up in the house a bit more since that happened? Um, I made a mental note of it when it happened to be really aware of it because I thought the thought the same thing. You know, it's it's if it's happened if it happened once, it's going to happen again. Um, but it's not. Um, but it, but I haven't. She hasn't said anything else to me about it. And while we're sitting here talking about it, I just thought of another experience. <laughs> uh, so in I try to not use. So I was in bed and I was asleep as a ghost story because when we're sleeping, a whole bunch of things are happening in our brains, right? So we are projecting things out into the world that in between that sleepy and sleepy and awake uh, um, phase in our brain. Um, so it's um, so it's hard to really say what really happened and what is maybe being, um, being um, superimposed on you by your brain. 
Does that make sense? But I was um, in between kind of in and out of sleep and my wife was asleep and everybody was, the house was quiet and I could, um, you get that feeling, you know what I mean? Again, that feeling that you're being watched kind of thing. So I turned around, nobody's there clearly, but I turned, and then I turned back around and I started to feel on my shoulder and my back, a hand touch my shoulder. And then you could feel the arm going, going on my back and it just kind of, pushed put a little bit of pressure and i and i kind of shook my shoulder and i said get off of me and it was gone and there was nobody there clearly but but again those kind of experiences for me you don't you i can't just say oh it was a ghost it was 100 percent a ghost because i don't know i was half asleep at the time right it could have been my brain making me feel that whatever feeling it was or again i'm open to it it could have 100 percent been a ghost but i don't know right and what's the difference, you know? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. Okay. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of uh speaking of being a sweep, I I'll 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 touch on a story real quick because that just reminded me of one. So and this would go perfect with the whole like, well, I was half a sweep, so it could have been, it could have not been, could have just been my imagination or my brain playing trick on me. Anyway, so this has happened to me twice. So that's why I've kind of been like, um, okay, this is weird. So anyway, the story goes, uh, first off, Kobe, David, do you guys know what I mean when like you guys are tired, like really tired that you kind of sweep almost as if you're, it's a uh, dead wood, like you're dead wood. Yeah. Oh yeah. All the time. All right. So I was that tired, uh, twice before, and this happened in different locations. So that's why I find this very weird. So, um, during the night, while I was said dead word, uh, asleep, um, I would actually wake up, fully awake up from almost hearing my name in a whisper. And, uh, the first time I heard my name in a whisper, I got up and I started to call out to my mother and my sister because I was like, oh, maybe they were trying to get my attention. So me being who I am, I'm like investigating and stuff because I used to do that and all that uh, jazz. Um, I got up, went to my mother's room and I tried to talk to her. I was like, hey, did you say my name? And all I hear is, <laughs> you know, some, some clearly my mom is out of the question. Uh, so I go to the other part of the house where my sister is, and she is doing the same thing, basically. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, that is weird. So moving on, I finally got my first apartment, and I'm sweeping. I'm the only one in the apartment while my roommate is uh, doing the graveyard shift. So once again, I'm out cold, like I'm sweeping like I'm dead wood. I wake up again because I heard my name in a whisper, but this time, since I already knew I was basically by myself, I basically called out and I was just like, yeah, who's that? What do you want? <laughs> you know, like, please answer me. And I never got an answer. And so I'm just like, well, what the hell? <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so did I really hear my name in a whisper? And if not, then why did I fully wake up out of being knocked out? Sleeping, yeah, you know. the skeptic in me says that any ghost stories that start with "I was asleep," you kind of got to push those to the side, 
You know what exactly. I mean? Say, okay, we'll we'll hear it. You know, the same thing with what what mine that I just said. We'll hear it. We'll listen to it. Oh, it's gonna be really cool. It's gonna be scary. It's gonna be all those things, and it doesn't negate what your feelings in it, right? It doesn't negate right. how you felt. Um, <laughs> but I think as the skeptic in me wants to say, any stories that start off with, so I was asleep and I woke up and I saw a ghost, you know, or something like that. I'm like, well, your brain is a funny thing. You know what I mean? It's where, for me, it's got to be like, I, it was 12 o'clock in the afternoon. I was at work. I was in a bright room by myself and there was a ghost walk right through the wall. Like that, you'd be like, okay, now that, let's look at that a little yeah, bit. It, you know, those, those, like, um, right. Those uh, middle of the day, uh, stone cold, sober, we're already wide awake stories do kind yeah. of stand in a lane of their own. Um, yeah. Yeah, man, I, I hear that. Or that's a good point. I get, for good measure, I could throw one in there. I don't know if I think I've talked about it maybe a long time ago, but in none of the recent specials I have. And, um, oh, this might be new to me, actually. All right, let's hear this. Maybe. Um, so, um, David, I grew up in a house like your own, but, you know, say if your house is at a six, like you turn turn that up to like a 9.5. Wow. And um, yeah, it's uh, and but like but similarly, we're there for a lot for the amount of time, you know, it's probably it's probably year 16 years since we moved in there now or so. And throughout that, because you live there, it doesn't seem that often when you're there, mm. you know, so, so and that's just um anyway. So one so this one time uh, we always had a lot of, uh, you know, I had a brother and a sister who were close in age and we all had friends over all the time. And um, and so this one night, uh, my sister's friend, her phone goes missing. Um, her phone, it, nobody can find it. You know, she had we she was hanging out. It was near her. And now it's gone. And so everybody uh, word gets around, you know, we're looking for a phone, a bright blue phone. And we so we canvass the house. We can't find it. Um, and then an hour later, um, the kitchen table, which had had papers, binders, uh, stuff from dinner, napkin, whatever it was, the kitchen table was cleared off and the cell phone that was missing was placed right in the middle. And, um, and so what we do is, uh, me and my buddies, my brother, we, uh, we decided to go ghost hunting, you know, middle school edition. We just turned on our cell phones and went up to the attic and we're taking videos. We're waiting, right? Like, like it's going to jump out at us. Mm. And, um, but what, so the night goes on and, uh, we're still just, you know, taking phone recordings for fun. And, uh, so we're back in my bedroom a little bit later and, um, and I've got the camera on my brother and, um, he's, he was a little bit younger and just who he is. He was kind of, uh, these things rattled him back then. Mm. And, um, and so, but anyway, so I, I finally stopped recording. And as we're watching back through the footage, right at the end, when I had the phone on my brother, when I was looking at him face to face, just joking around, doing what, you know, just talking, he was, you know, normal, just laughing, smiling, whatever. In the video, when we watched back, right at the end, uh, a little white ball of light, like a light bulb, we'll call it an orb. It goes down, it goes into his mouth, flies right in his mouth. And in, mm -hmm. this is only in the video. And then his eyes roll back and they're white and his head cocks all the way to the side. Okay. Wow. And we had this. Um, and guys, no, no kidding. 
So we have the video. I go downstairs. We show my mom, and to the it's, uh, and she snatches the phone from me and erases the video before I can, you know, just because that's like, you know, he would have he was so I don't remember my brother would have been so rattled. I don't think we showed him yet. So she just snatched it and got rid of the video. But that was that was something. Yeah, that sounds wild. I'd I'd love to see that. It was uh, an experience, man. Um, mm-hmm. Thanks for anybody. Anything else? Uh, I think we all need to get together and have a paranormal night. That's what I think. <laughs> yeah, we need to meet at a at a uh, haunted uh, hotel or haunted uh, bed breakfast and set up the cameras. Let's do it. Uh, um, uh, what even better? Let's all come over here to where I am, and I'll take you up to the one and only Wilson Castle. The only castle that's in Vermont, so that's haunted as hell. So awesome! It sounds good. Um, I just wanted to ask, David, you is there? There's a particular bed and breakfast that's haunted that you've been trying to get your wife to go to? Yeah, there's one that's supposed to be on. Oh gosh, you asked me too quick. I don't remember the name of it. Uh, it's in, I believe it's called Little Falls, um, and it's supposed to be. From what I've heard in like YouTube videos and on specials on television, things like that, it's the most haunted bed and breakfast in America. Um, and it's I wish I could remember the name of it. I've looked it up multiple times and I bring it up to my wife. Hey, we should just go up here, have a nice, fun little you and me bed and breakfast. And then she's like, is this the haunted place? And I'm like, like, oh, no, 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 no. It's just a bed and breakfast. She's like, you're full of shit. It's not. It's the haunted place. I'm not going to that. <laughs> so but there's the yeah, other is one. And it's only. I think it's only about an hour and a half away from where we are. Um, so I, I'm going to get her. I'm going to get her there. It's going to happen. Hey, uh, to touch on that, David, is it called uh, Beard, Beardry Castle? That sounds really close. That sounds familiar. Of course, I've looked into a lot of the, the haunted places around uh, here in the area, um, but that sounds really close. I've got my phone right with me here. Um Cause that's the one that I'm finding in Little Falls, New York. Is uh, I I don't even know if I'm even pronouncing it right. Beardry Castle. Yeah, that, that like I said, that sounds pretty darn close. It's not. Then yeah, I don't. Then then the internet's lying to me. <laughs> no, the internet will do that from from time to time. I know. That's why you should never ever pay attention to it. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll find I'll find it. I'll I'll uh, I'll message you guys what it is. It's um it's supposed to be a really good one. Hmm. Now I'm curious. <laughs> well, yeah, keep us posted. All right, guys. I guess uh, we'll wrap it there. Um, we'll be in touch. Uh, thank you, everybody, for you know a couple of schedule changes, a technical difficulty, but. We, uh, we made this happen. It's been a great time. And um, David, Paul, thank you guys. Let's stay in touch. Colby, before we go off, can I give a little bit of my information on where to find me? Is that all right? Yes, of course. You can find me on uh, correcthandedcomics.com to links with all of my books that I've put out, including my uh, my first novel, which is a, a full-length uh, Western. So if you like spaghetti Westerns or and, and things like that with kind of a contemporary twist, you can find that on correcthandedcomics.com. And really, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, any of the social medias, if you look up correct handed i'll probably pop up look for that left hand uh that left hand that says correct handed comics on it and that'll be me there we go yeah guys um 
so many artists out here doing things like David is doing, making the time, doing these creations, you know, and this is uh, these grassroots um, artists are who we need to uh, be supporting, you know, let's support each other. Um, like I'd mentioned, it's uh, $10 soup off Amazon uh, and you um, and you have it forever. It's a it's a book that somebody spent the time to make a comic book. Um, and of course, we have uh, Paul as well, always, um, always in the paranormal, making a podcast, preparing a movie. Um, he's working with David on this as well. Paul, you want to remind everybody where you can be found as well? Oh, man. Uh, well, for Haunted Vermont, what to say, all the links are on hauntedvermont.org. Uh, unfortunately, the Everything Horror Podcast uh, website is going to shut down on the 16th. So depending on when you hear this, it might already be shut down. Uh, I think I mentioned on the, the last time we were talking uh, that I'll just do it real quick. Basically, um, I think it was time to shut down the Everything Horror podcast to actually bring back the Haunted Vermont podcast to life. I think it's about time that uh, season three is up and about. Now we got some other guests coming on to talk paranormal with me and uh, it's just going to be some spooky fun. And then who knows, you might see me down the road again with another podcast because we're actually in the planning of making something that is going to be just for fun hobby, but we're going to just talk a lot of uh, stuff and just have fun with it. That's right. You guys know Haunted Vermont. This is a Blue Coyote podcast. Thank you, David Whalen of Correct Handed Comics. That's Correct Handed Comics. Check out the website. You can browse the different work. It's fun. It feels like you're walking. It like like it has that that comic book store vibe. If anybody has made it into one of those places, they're probably few and far between now. But it gives you that <laughs> same feeling, that sense of nostalgia. So, but get online and order your comic books. I just got. Um, the pleasure of being introduced to this world um, through doing this podcast and meeting David and I've got my comic book. I'll be looking out for more. It's real. It's, uh, it's authentic stuff. And it's that horror realm that we like to vibe with here on the blue coyote. So I'll let these guys go. Uh, thank you guys. If you don't have anything else to finish off with, have a great night. Being Thanks Colby, again. I appreciate it. Thanks Colby, Paul. Hit the stop. I see. Stop quick. Hit stop. <laughs> I've got it. And.